And the reality is, is that we're all unlimited creators with infinite power, infinite access to power. And the only thing that can deny that power is if you close yourself off from it. If you allow your attention to be on a limited view of yourself, yeah. or if you see yourself as an expanded, unlimited being that can do anything. Yeah. If you see yourself that way, then you can embody that. took a little break for the holidays for the winter break and we back and i'm excited to be here thank you so much for tuning in with us each and every wednesday uh right here wherever you get your pod if you're not watching the visual and i don't know why you wouldn't right here on youtube um every wednesday we're dropping anywhere that you listen to your podcast and we thank y'all so much for your support this is the we are the ones podcast and i'm your host kareem manuel i'm decided to excited to have this conversation uh, to continue to just learn skills, tools, um, attitudes, engagements to be the absolute healthiest uh, human being I can be with my time on this earth and hopefully share that with a lot of people who are looking to do the same. So make sure you leave a, a like, subscribe so you can be alerted every time we drop something new. We're going to continue to bring dope guests, dope energy. And if you engage right, you know what I'm saying? We're going to keep giving the free stuff out to the people that are supporting us because we love you. We appreciate you and we feel the love uh, right back. So um, as we do for every pod to get started, before I even introduce who it is, we're going to go right into our drop in and check in. And then I'm going to introduce our guest before every conversation. We just tap in with some breath. Um, so if you could, please close your eyes, get comfortable, feel your feet on the ground, feel your body in your chair. If you are at work or you're operating heavy machinery or need to be uh, occupied doing something else, uh, just do this part as much as you can, but keep your eyes open. But if you can just come and relax all the way in. Just feel the air around you on your skin. Feel the thoughts running across the mind or not. And we're going to take a breath in for five. Hold at the top for five. Breathe out for five. Hold at the bottom for five. And I will snap to keep time on the count of three. One, two, three. Breathe in. Hold, out, hold, in, hold, out. Hold. Biggest breath you taking all day in. Hold. 
out, relax. Relax, 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 hold. You begin to bring your breath, breath back to a regular cadence. Wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, move your body around, open your eyes and take in your space when you are ready. I'm gonna ask this question to you, brother, and then I'll give you some space to introduce yourself. Um, and as I ask this, you can also answer this in your mind at home. What are you present to right now, just in your body, in your energy, on your mind? What feelings, emotions, thoughts are you present to that you can share just as a check-in for our convo? Hmm. I just ate some really good food, so I'm feeling the digestion working. Yeah. I'm also feeling some energy flowing internally. Like I like to microdose and or tank a little bit of tinctures sometimes. It helps me flow more smoothly. It helps ease my anxiety at times. But lately I've been feeling that like flow without taking anything. And I feel like it's because my heart is slowly being opened more and more. And that energy that you have, for those of us that have done ecstasy before, when you feel your that energy flowing and you're like, oh, I feel so good. Like I'm feeling that in a natural way. And that comes through doing work, like being engaged in yeah. intimate relationships and having different parts of your being triggered and then working through those triggers. And then when you work through them, there's an expansion. Just like when you go to the gym and you work out those muscles, you got that burn, but then the next day you got the pump. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like I'm, good, I'm experiencing that in my heart and energy body. I love that. Uh, I love that a lot. For me, what am I present to? I'm present to just a lot of excitement uh, to be here right now, to be with producer Keith behind the boards, to be with you. Um, and I just, I have no idea where this is going to go, what it's going to say, but every time I get a chance to talk to you, I just know that so much love and healing comes out. And I just, I'm really excited to see where it goes and to ride the wave. Um, yeah, and to be back. So I feel I'm present to just excitement, hope, uh, and love. And so with that said, uh, my guest today, um, uh, Dijon Bowden, I, I, this is my uh, interpretation of you over the last what, year and a half, two years that I've known you, maybe. Um, a culture maker, community builder and healer, uh, a man of action and principle, um, who does what he says he's going to do, uh, cares for the people, an entrepreneur, um, the founder and leader of Dharma Glow festival and movement among many many other things Dijon Bowden ladies and gentlemen give it up one time one time one time sexual chocolate <laughs> they play so fine don't you agree <laughs> don't you agree uh anything else you wanted to say uh for the people to just have some type of framework or context of who you are and what medicine you're bringing right now you know I really appreciate that reflection that you just gave you know I'm familiar with the entirety of my journey and we've known each other for the past year and a half and to hear that that's how you view me feels great, you know, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I'm very honored to be here. And I love what you do in the world. I love that we've been building together since the moment we met, playing yep. Hot Dice. Hot Dice, baby. And I would say 
the other arena that I'm powerfully stepping into and claiming is just as a musical artist. Same, you my man. And I woke up the other day just feeling the power of that. And I released my first song under my name in 2022. Mm. And up until the end of last year, you know, it maybe it had like less than a thousand streams. I had maybe like 166 followers on Spotify because it wasn't something I was putting really energy into. It was like a, a shadow career. If you ever done like the artist way? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they talk about in the war of art, they talk about like shadow artists where it's like you want to be an artist in some way, but you don't put your full energy into it. So that you can say, if it doesn't work out, well, I didn't put my I full energy all, into so, it, you know. right? So um, I've been peeling back the layers of the ways in which I've been in my shadow in relation to really going all in in my artistry. And I like, I really pulled that shit back because I released a song with Chris and Teeb and Rissa and Mello Will on January 1st, Loving on Myself. Loving on Myself today. Loving on Myself today. Loving on Myself today. Uh, so, you know, I was making reels for that and like pushing past discomfort with like how I wanted to express myself and, and, uh, just letting it flow, not yeah. being perfectionist, perfectionist about it. And, <laughs> uh, it's got, it, it's got over 7,000 streams now. I got over like 3,600. So it's about celebrating whatever. Cause if you compare it to other people, you can say, oh, so-and-so has a hundred thousand or a million. It's not enough, but it's like. What percentage increase is that from 3,600, 166 to 3,600, right? It's almost night and day, actually. Right. It's yeah. like 3,000%. Yeah. So <laughs> in, in my mind, I was like, okay, so I got almost 4,000. You know, if I, if I release a song every month and push it, I could get to 50,000 in a year. I was like, that's reasonable. And I was like, yeah, that is reasonable. You could totally do that. And I was like, fuck that. I didn't come here to be reasonable. Be unreasonable. I came here to be a pure expression of the divine, infinite, unlimited, eternal, and claim everything that's mine. Which means I will have a million monthly listeners by the end of 2024 on Spotify. You heard it here first. Holler at your boy. Wow. That's how we starting. That's how we starting. Yeah. So what, man, there's so many things I want to ask you in relationship to that. First, I want to touch on you saying you're just peeling the layers back. What's you know what was holding you back? Whatever fear. What what was that process like for you? If there are any things that you can distill and bring out to say, this is what I needed to do to my heart to even see myself, accept myself, and say I'm going after this. I'm not going to keep putting other things in the way that can help me say, well, maybe you know I didn't try as hard, blah blah. But to go all in, what was that process like for you? Yeah. Or is it like for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lifelong process. Yeah. It's a daily process. You know, I'm, I'm 41 years old. So it's been something that's been happening my entire journey. And inner child healing is a big part of it, where you're creating from a space of play and excitement and not searching for validation. And I grew up in a household without my uh, father. So... I think there was always some sense of looking to be validated yeah, because you sure. think there's something wrong with you because you know you didn't have that relationship. So even though I had achieved a lot of success in other creative avenues, it was like, see, I'm a good person, you know. Like before I would have been really hungry for that reflection that you gave as a source of validation for my worth 
And now it's not. I appreciate it. Yep. But it's not like I I know who I am. And the only person I'm looking to be in alignment with is God. And if I'm in alignment with God and I know what I am and what I'm not, because that's an intuitive like feeling that everyone has access to. If I'm in alignment with God, then I'm good. Right. So that's one. And then knowing why you're creating and what your intention is. So the reason why I can be steadfast and claim my 1 million monthly listeners on Spotify is because my intention is not to be validated to say like, oh, look at me. It's because music is the most powerful legacy that you can leave as a human being. It's frequency. It's the only thing that can enter someone's aura without their permission, like from any distance, right? Like you can be in a field and play music and that music is going to influence the energy of that whole space. Yeah. Right? Like scent is like that. Cause if you if you go into a place and it smells a certain way, it's also gonna influence the mm -hmm. space. But scent has a proximity, right? Whereas music is like, you know, yeah, it's ubiquitous, right? And you can also just pick up your phone, pick up whatever. So if you think about what happens when you turn on Bob Marley or Lauren Hill or Pac or somebody like that, and like how much energy and inspiration is given to me in my life and for other people like way after you're gone you can only release one album like lauren hill on that and, and every time you listen to it you get still, more out like of 25 it. years is still right so for me when i just recognize it's like as an entrepreneur and you're thinking about businesses and you're thinking about roi right like what's the biggest return i can get on my investment whether it's money or time or whatever so for me the point of life is to be an expression of God's love. That's the only reason that anyone is here, right? To be an expression of God's love. How you do that is unique to you. And that's for you to decide, right? But if you're thinking about what's gonna give the greatest return on my time and energy to be an expression of God's love, it's music. Do you think, do you think that everyone, if everyone's here to be an expression of God's love, that everyone does that no matter what they decide? Everyone is playing their role in the bigger picture. And how you view somebody's role depends on your own level of awareness and perspective. So if someone is the villain in a story, that's just because of the perspective that you're sitting in okay right <laughs> okay i'm about to ask you something else and uh because we've talked about this before um so when yay says oh 400 years that sounds like a choice to me right and everybody loses it mm -hmm. what how would you perceive that and, and where we are in the story when it comes to uh slavery liberation our our uh our interfacing with choice and power, or lack thereof, um, as being in a, an example of God's love. How, how, what are some ways that you process that? Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Was Jesus free? Yeah. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure if the person Jesus existed, but from what I understand about him, what I take from him, yeah, absolutely free in okay. every moment. Well, that's another topic, whether he existed. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay. But if you're going to say that he was free, mm -hmm. right? The reality of the Jewish people at that time was they were occupied by the Romans. Yep. So he literally was not free. Mm. 
Like they had to pay taxes just to live, Yep. right? They also had the Sadducees and the Pharisees that they had to, you know, make their sacrifices to, to appease Jehovah, right? But he was outside of that construct. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, of sure. his spiritual awareness and the way he carried himself in his life. So even though he had these outside forces imposing these things on him, he was free. He freed other people. And he's been the most influential human being that's ever lived. Especially, and that's even more impressive, especially if he didn't exist. I, I think he did exist. Mm -hmm. I think he was a, a, a living, was a living but person. he wasn't, and he's still just like, man, you died. <laughs> right. So my point is, is that freedom exists is, is something that's internal, right? Like, or maybe a better way of saying it is liberation is something that's internal. Freedom yep. is like maybe more external, right? Because you can be uh, locked up in in different manners of speaking, but yes. still be liberated absolutely internally. And that is um that is a concept that I dance with because I feel it in my body. I believe it uh, to be true. I've I've read too many accounts of people who are locked up who feel free, and you. I, at least for me, it resonates off the page that this person is free um, and what their locale is not what's determining um, the freedom that they're experiencing. And I've also felt times, like anecdotally, where I felt completely free to do whatever, but felt completely imprisoned mm -hmm. in my own mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't, I just, I guess I just enjoy turning this over on his head, especially times when I feel trapped by life at times and goes like, no, I'm free. I'm free at every moment to make a choice, to not make a choice. That's it. It's the power of choice. That's freedom. Yes. No one can ever take away your power of choice. God gave you your power of choice. So like I was going back to that, the only reason we're here is to be the embodiment of love, which is being in alignment with God's will and God's expression. But God even gives you the choice to do that or not. You know, like you don't have to be in alignment with God's will. And if you don't, you're going to suffer. Right. But if you do, then you feel good. But no matter what someone is imposing on you externally, you can still choose to be loving. And if you choose to be loving, then you're experiencing divinity internally. I agree. Yeah. For me, what I'm, I'm practicing and growing in is like loving someone and saying, how do I love them? How do I honor myself? love myself and love them. And that used to mean how nice could I be to them or kind. Right. Um, even overlooking long suffering, which I still try to be. Uh, but there's definitely times where me loving someone means being the mirror to say, no, you really missed the mark right here. Right. And I love you. So I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to show this to you. I'm going to have this conversation. I'm going to uh, end this version of connecting in the relationship um, because of the rupture that happened or what or whatever, uh, because I love you. And there are obviously times I have not, uh, but that's been a practice for me right now. It's like not not saying, oh, I love you. And so it all looks like flowers. It's like accepting all of it and giving all of it as love. Mm -hmm. uh, and I haven't seen very many examples that I can look to of it, but I, it feels very good to be on this path. Yeah. 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 It's the way. It, this is the way. Uh -huh. So in, in music, what are you hoping to accomplish besides a million followers and and fans like what are you hoping to to create to give to offer up well it's not like i was saying i'm not wanting a million followers to validate my ego i'm wanting a million followers to be able to influence that many people at least right because 
music is so powerful to change our state of mind and our state of being. And there's a lot of extremely toxic music that exists in popular culture. And there's plenty of artists in the Dharma Glow community. And I'm one of those that makes music intentionally and consciously to be expansive yep. and to help people heal. So if I'm talking to you, it's like, it's just like this podcast, right? We're having a conversation that we're both getting value out of it. But when we record it, we're able to do one to many, actually one to an infinite amount, because this can be listened to infinitely, uh, right? Um, some different number of times, many people. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing about a podcast is, is like, especially a podcast like this, is people have to be interested in something that we're talking about, whether it's personal development yep. or spirituality or something like that. It's like more people are going to watch a, a, a story-based film than a documentary, Yep. right? So more people are going to gravitate to something entertaining than something educational. So the key is to put the education in, in the, the entertainment. entertainment. And the most entertaining thing and the most universal thing is music. Because like, think about it, like books are dope. Everybody can't read. Everyone doesn't have the money to buy a book. Yep. Music is free. And music, especially melody, is universal in the sense that you don't have to know the language, right? Like if you hear a melody and it's catchy, somebody who speaks a different language can sing every Just word it. to the song, even if they don't know what the words For mean. For sure. Right? So loving on myself today. Loving on myself today, all meditation, no limitation. Loving on myself, ashe. ashe. There it is. Ashe, ashe. So it's like I want to create as many of those messages with as many artists and get, you know, different perspectives, different tones, different genres, but all with the intention of spreading love out as far as possible. So I know when I have that attention and I put my attention on creating and showing up and facing the inner blocks that I may have to being seen or to showing up or to, you know, not watching the Australian Open and instead of like writing this song, yep. you know, when I'm like choosing it. Because that a million followers or what, whatever anyone has accomplished, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens because somebody chose for it to happen. Kobe Bryant became who he was because he chose to go to the you know, gym before I about Kobe. Yeah, yep. it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. So when he was at the beginning of his career, and like I would imagine some people, if they heard me talk about the million followers, if they're still listening, they'd be like, like, who does this guy think he is? Like coming pop. I just like, told you. I who just I told was. you who I thought I was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I'm going out to LA shortly for Kobe Day. Um, but it's just a decision. So when he was coming into the league and he said, I want to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time, people were like, who does this kid yeah, think he is? Yeah, 17 years old. Yeah, and he, and he just is like, I just told you. Yeah. And he followed through. So it's just a matter of making a decision and then following through on that decision. And that's not just me. That's every human being. Agreed. Every human being has the ability to manifest their destiny. If they have a vision in your mind, if you have a vision in your mind, then there's a good chance it's ordainly uh, gifted to you. And if you can see it, you can be it if you dedicate your life to the achievement of it, right? And so for me, I want to spread love as far as I can. And like I said, like that's that's the, the best way. And that's what I, I know is the best way because it's 
inspires me the most. Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's what I've always loved. Like since I was a little kid, I used to go to concerts and just get like lose track of time and get taken away in these other realms. Or when I would do open mic nights, you know, when I was younger, I would literally black out on stage. Like I would go out with my guitar, perform and people would come off and, and they'd be like, oh man, that was great. And I wouldn't remember a thing about mm. it, you know? So it's been something that's been there waiting to be fully expressed. And now I'm just not afraid of it anymore. Like I I'm excited that. about it. I love that. Do you remember the first song that you heard that made you wanted to do music or the, the time in your life where you were like, oh, this is my jam? Hmm. You know, yeah, I do. And it's interesting because I went to a 90% white Christian private college preparatory school. Okay. So, you know, I have a blended cultural mm -hmm, same. input. And up until eighth grade, the only music I listened to was black music. You know, like the first concert I went to was MC Hammer and TLC. The second one was Mary J. Blige and Biggie and Puffy. And like, that was my world. I used to listen to Outkast all the time. I got into Eminem and like all that. Um, but I went to a white school. So I had a lot of white friends and one of them played Crash Into Me, Dave Matthews Band. Mm. And that was my first time kind of like hearing a guitar, like not hearing non-hip hop yep, or yep, rap. For sure. Like I think I had probably heard like Babyface and he plays guitar, but uh, when can I see you again? But But this one you but, heard it. But this one I heard it in a different way. And I was like, oh, I want to play guitar. I want to know how to play this song. Yeah. Right. It just hit me different. So I started learning how to play guitar. And, you know, it was challenging and difficult, but I also loved it like immediately. Yeah. You know, I love that. I think, yeah, I love that. I love music. Uh, you definitely inspire me. I think to even decide something at 41 years old and say, I'm all in, I'm going. Um, any advice for people? That's, that's really our, our tribe is like people who are going, you know, I'm doing this inner child work. I've always loved this. I always wanted to do it. And I was afraid for whatever reason, any words that you could say to them as they either begin or continue on the journey of chasing what their heart really desires, what their gift really is, and offering their medicine unapologetically, unashamedly um, to the world. It takes more energy to hold it in than it does to express it. It just takes the inertia getting started. So the hardest part is going from stop to moving or moving to stop. Once you're in motion, it's easy. So, or it gets easier. Yeah. So you need to start with something very small and develop consistency and develop confidence in yourself to do that thing by being consistent. And James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits. He says, start before you can master a habit, you have to establish a habit. So let's say you are wanting to start writing more rhymes, right? Then you need to put that into your day somewhere where it's like you always do that after a certain thing, right? So let's say you drink coffee. You drink coffee, and then once, as your coffee is being made, you put on a beat and you freestyle yeah. for two minutes, right? Because you can do two minutes. And if you can't do two minutes of something, you need to be quiet and not talk about it anymore. Because <laughs> if you're not willing to do that, then you don't actually want it. Right. Period. But if you do want it, you can do two minutes of a thing. Or that could be drawing. That could be yoga. It could be writing a poem. It could be whatever. Two minutes. And you establish that two minutes for a couple of weeks. 
So it's not something you even have to think about. It's just something that has now become a ritualized part of your experience. And a lot of times, if you love it, you're going to do it for more than two minutes. Yeah. Right. But then you have built confidence and now you built that into your life. So then you take it up to three and you take it up to five, you know, then you take it up to 10. Right. And eventually it, you're, you're flowing and people think they're not creative. Everyone is creative. Everyone is creative. Created, creativity and originality are not the same thing. So creativity is how you do something. You don't have to come up with something to be creative. Yeah. Right. Like Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. That isn't her song. It's no, a Dolly Parton song. For sure. But everyone thinks about it as a Whitney Houston song because of the way she did it. So if you focus on bringing your original expression to anything, it doesn't even have to be something you made up, then your own unique, authentic expression will come through. People will see that. They will feel that. They'll feel the energy. They'll positively respond. And then you'll feel more confident. And then you have a little feedback loop, right, of you expressing, uh, you feeling good about expressing, people feeling inspired by your expression. Yep. And then it just like, it grows, you know? So I would say start something as small as possible, be consistent, have a beginner's mind. Um, getting over the perfectionism can be hard, but we're not meant to learn things individually, right? Like think about this funny thing. If you, if you have somebody going to practice music, like, what do you think of, right? You think of like a person with a guitar, or piano, like sitting in their room, like doing scales, right? That seems normal, right? Yeah. But how did you learn how to talk? Listening to people talk, trying to talk to and them. And talking to them. Yeah, for sure. You didn't go into a room by yourself saying, hi, hi, <laughs> hello. Nah. You know what I'm saying? You babble with people. Yeah. And if they don't understand you, they kind of see where you're at. And they meet you there and they're like, cat, cat. And you're like, cat. And right? we get it, they're like, oh, great job. Yeah. And, and, and that's uh, the other thing is like how we can encourage each other's community to recognize where someone's at and like encourage them to help them move forward. You know what I'm saying? I do. This is so good. Okay. I want to definitely babble more as a creative yeah. and feel free to do that. I will say a prayer for mine right now as you just brought that up and how it hit me is there are people that I love um, who I perceive as in a very early stage of something. And when I respond with that energy of like, oh, you did great to be at this early stage, they're, they don't agree that they're at an early stage. Like, So the right. way I'm perceiving them and the way they're perceiving themselves are we're in two different worlds. Um, and I don't necessarily need an answer, but it's definitely something I'm, I'm thinking about and praying through is like, um, especially as a father, as a, a business owner, having employees and saying like, okay, I see that you see yourself as an all-star. Um, and I, right now I see you as somebody who should be coming off the bench. Um, <laughs> right. and so my yeah. expectations are different, blah, blah. And, and dealing with that dissonance of, uh, perceptions, and I never want to fight with somebody's um, self perception, but I definitely also have one. And right. so figuring out and and taking the time to practice, yeah. like communicating, it's like, oh, so great, you just say cat, and and they're like, what? I just did a whole dissertation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is, I'm should get my doctorate for this speech I just gave. Uh -huh. It's like I don't think that's true. Yeah. Um, I just don't know where I'm still swimming in that right now in ways that are very potent and powerful. 
and I'm excited to see what I learned from this season yeah, in my I, life with I that. I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I hear you. I definitely get what you're saying. And I feel like when you're in that position where you feel like you're at a more scale back, it's just like, let them let have, them. have that. Yep. Because when I was, as I've been in creative, especially when I was younger, because when I was younger and still creating from a wound and like looking for validation, then I was uh, creating from ego. So I was like, this is the dopest shit you ever seen, Nick. Yep. And uh, when I would go back and look at whatever I created six months later, I'd be like, ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was, it was cool, it was cool. Um, but really all art is, in ex is an expression of where you're at at the time. Like that's what authenticity is. It is real, yeah. Selling out is the same expression, even though you're not there anymore. You know, you see the difference? Like one is just like, if it's like Andre 3000, that new flute album. Come on, man. That is authentic because that's where he's at. He marinated on that for 17 years. Exactly. And people want him to sell out. They say, don't you want to do this outcast stuff? He's like, no, I did that. I already did that. I'm doing this now. You know what I'm saying? Like I listened to a Dre album, like an EP that came out maybe like three years ago or so. Which Dre? Dr. Dre. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't want to negatively talk about anyone's art or whatever, but it just didn't resonate with me because he was still talking about, he was still saying a lot of gangster stuff. Yeah. And I was like, bruh. That's you not know, where you, you at. Know, you're a billionaire now. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're a billionaire. You're in a different place of life. Like, I want to hear what's alive for you. Like, I know what you did. We all know what you did. And it's that's cool. But like, what is your life like now? And that's why like Jay-Z stuff is more interesting to me than that because he's talking about where he's at right, where now? He's at right now. So yeah, I think you just got to let people be where they're at and and use whatever gas they need to fuel themselves. Yep. I've been there and people are there. Um, and you know, they'll, they'll come to more awareness in their own time. And that's not something you need to necessarily like break down for them. Maybe if they're, you know, if you're in a working relationship with somebody that's different, but then you have the authority to say like, okay, I appreciate how you're perceiving but it, this is how it's but that's be. not a good fit <laughs> yeah. for like what we're trying sure. to accomplish in this context. For sure. Uh, speaking of work relationships with Dharma Glow, and what you're building there, what you've already built and what's continuing to grow. Can you share a little, about, a little bit about Dharma Glow, what it is and what you have hopes for for this year? Um, uh, yeah, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay, yeah, thanks for the question. So Dharma Glow was birthed in 2021, I believe. And in 2019, I had had the most intense year of my life. It really like broke me down. Uh, I was in like a deep, the deepest depressive experience I'd ever been in. Um, I was having like profound suicidal ideations, like isolated from everybody, which drove me to really deepening my spiritual practice and my connection with self. And I had all sorts of health things going on yep. and like mental health things going on. And eventually like I surrendered to it and I would say it was like, let's say you're you're in the ocean, right? And you feel like a wave is taking you and it's like holding you underwater. And you realize that no matter what you do, you cannot fight your way to the top. 
because the ocean is stronger than you. Yeah. Are, right. So, I, and I've had that experience and I was like, oh shit, I'm about to die. <laughs> I'm about to die. And I was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Like I've been struggling with this water for 30 minutes and I'm still deep under it. So I relaxed. And when I relaxed, it took me in a riptide and I went up. Yep. Right. That's how it works. Yep. That so. is a universal truth. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So that kind of happened to me in this 2019 experience. And when I surrendered to it, I accessed experientially a part of my soul that is beyond all of this, right? So a lot of people think that your soul is in your body, right? But the body is actually within the soul and your soul is holding all of this. So I actually had a lived experience of being beyond my body in the eternal aspect of myself. And I was like, oh, like nothing that happens in that realm affects what I am. Yeah, there is no self. It's uh, it sounds crazy. Sometimes I listen, and I even think about myself before listening to this, and go like, "Man, you, this is wild." And then, but as I'm in it, it's like this is the only thing that makes sense to me, right? Um, yeah. So from that place, you know, I did a yoga teacher training. I did a Kundalini immersive. I one of my friends invited me to do a sadhana, which is like a spiritual practice. Yep, and. Uh, <laughs> She invited me to do this over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. And she was like, do you want to meet me? This is what she said. She goes, do you want to meet me at 4.30 tomorrow over Zoom? And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, 4.30 to 7, I do like Kundalini breathwork and chanting. And she was like all smiley and happy. And I was like, why is she smiling? You know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. You know, like, um, but then I, I was like, I'm going to pass. <laughs> and then I kept watching her Instagram stories. And she was radiating something. And I was like, something, something is happening. I don't understand it, but something is happening. So one day I did it with her and it was so expansive, mm. you know? And she was like, you want to do it tomorrow too? And I was like, nope, I'm going to sleep. So then she finished her 40 day sadhana and she was over the whole course of it. She kept getting brighter and brighter. And you could just feel the energy coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she got done with the 40, she was like, it feels so good. I'm going to do another 40. So anybody who wants to join, like, here's the link. You can meet me tomorrow. And I was like, all right, like, let's, let's give it a try, right? Let's give it a try. And as we were starting the first day, she said, okay, one thing I invite you to do is to take a cold shower before you start. And like, it has a lot of good health benefits. Mm -hmm. And it's also a good practice of doing hard things to start. Something that's good for you that you may not want to do but from your higher self, you know, is good for you, for sure. right? And her energy was so magnetic that I was just like in love with her being, as was everyone else who was doing it. Cause she was, she was just a pure vessel. Yeah. So I did not want to miss any time in her presence, which was ultimately a reflection of like the divine's presence. Mm -hmm. So that two and a half hours that I got to spend in the morning was like my favorite time. And she was like, you know, how are you going to get up at 4.30 in the morning? Well, you have to build your life around sadhana. So that means like if you're going to bed at, at 9 p.m., that's what you have to do in order to be able to get up. So I did that for 40 days and then that turned into 100 days, Yeah, you know? And the consciousness, the expansion in consciousness is you can't put it into words, but your 
perceptual acuity expands so much. And I think a good way to explain that is like, when you're listening to music, there's a frequency that's coming through. But how much you're hearing of that frequency depends on the what's being used to receive it. So if you have the AirPods, let's say the frequency range is actually this big. Yeah. Those little AirPods give you this much. Yep. The AirPods Pro give you this much. The AirPods Max give you this much. If you have a full out system and an engineer's thing, then you're hearing the full spectrum. So consciousness is the same. If you're letting your consciousness get taken by the news and eating GMOs and doing all this stuff, your consciousness is being kept in a certain frequency band, right? And it's a low frequency band because it's largely fear-based. But when you start to consciously expand your awareness, which is up to you completely because it's about where you focus your attention, yeah. whether or not your awareness expands, then you start to get tuned into different things. So in that process, I started expressing myself, creating poetry, creating art, creating from more elevated places. Someone who was ex experiencing my poetry was like, you should connect with Londrell. I went to a Londrell show, had a very healing experience. Shout out Londrell. Shout out Londrell. He's really, he's really lighting the way for so many of us, black men especially. I know he did for me. So seeing something modeled outside of myself in that way, and I was like, oh, I can make music that is really a vehicle for healing energy. Like that's where I got the concept from as not just like somebody on TV that I saw, but someone I was sitting in a room sure. with and had a conversation with afterwards. And I was like, oh, like you can, you can do this. Like you could do this. So I started tapping into Landrell more. He has his brand called Eternal Sunshine. Okay. And it's like a clothing brand, you know, wellness, spiritual lifestyle brand. And I was like, this, that's beautiful. Like, I love what he's doing there. And I would like to create something like that that has an impact. And people, like, right away, they see it, they know what it is, and they feel inspired. So I had that intention. I sat down to meditate, which at that point I had been meditating for a few years consistently. And when I came out of meditation, it was like, Dharma glow, like it landed in my being. And I was like, okay, dope, you know? And I've studied Indian traditions and Dharma is, you know, your purpose and why you're here. And glow is radiating that purpose out into the, into the world. And I was like, okay, you know? So I booked Landrell to play a show, got other people in the community to come and bring their healing gifts, got vendors to come. And I was just like animated by something beyond myself. Yeah. Because... I'm not the creator in the of Dharma Glow in the sense that it's my idea. I was just the vessel to receive it. And now I'm its first employee. So I'm executing the idea, right? So since that time in 2021, where the first show happened, we've had about eight or nine events. You know, the last two have been in Atlanta. You know, you've been there repping We Society. They've been so expansive, so healing, such beautiful community co-creations. They're like day-long festival wellness experiences where you have yoga, sound healing, light language activations, you know, uh, community vendors, plant-based food, conscious music, all that. Um, so those are the bigger experiences like the glow up, but we also have immersive interactive experiences like silent disco yoga in the park. We got a silent disco meditation coming up on Wednesday. Coming up. So when this pod drops... Uh, we'll also be having a silent meditation at Pond City Market, and we'll be doing this for a few Wednesdays, for Wellness Wednesdays, pull up, 
And Dijon is going to be the curator of the vibes, leading us in meditation, uh, leading us through expression of dance with music. Bring your mat, bring yourself, bring your light, and we're going to have a great time. Ashe, yeah, ashe. Yeah, sure. So, you know, Dharma Glow is just something that wants to be lived out to contribute to the elevation of consciousness that's happening, you know, all over the world. So it's it's an open source, co-creative project. And if you feel like you have something to contribute to this healing space that we're creating, then like, let's talk about it, you know, and let's figure out a way where we can co-create something to uplift our community. I love it. I, I love it. The the last thing I want to ask about this, do you want to say uh, who's going to be at this year's Dharma Glow Festival in November, or are we waiting? Yeah, we can say some names. So, I mean, I'm assuming you'll be there again, obviously, yeah, with, yeah. coming through with the merch. Tony Jones is confirmed. Shout out my sis, Tony Jones. Tony Jones, talking that talk. Man. What, a, what a powerful woman. Man, what, you you know, between her and Laundrea, like, there have just been many days where, you know, the myself that I was experiencing felt at the end, mm -hmm. and to hear their words, but as my voice, right, um, reminding me of who I am mm -hmm. and how to be, just help me walk so much further mm -hmm. than I would have alone. So I, at the time, that was my like cat mm -hmm. hat, and uh, <laughs> yeah. them being like, "No, great job, let's, let's, do, let's do it again tomorrow." Right, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I love I love both of them so much more than I could ever express to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please, Tony Jones. Yeah, Tony Jones. Um, Landrell is not a hundred percent confirmed, but. That's, you yeah. know, yep. we're, we're figuring that out. He'll be there. Okay. Um, so I will be performing, mm -hmm. you know, because I performed for the first time at one this last and time. It. And that was beautiful. Yeah, that was, it was literally, you know, a dream come true. It's like you, you get to live out all your dreams when you wake up to reality. Yeah. Right. And the reality is, is that we're all unlimited creators with infinite power, infinite access to power. And the only thing that can deny that power is if you close yourself off from it. If you allow your attention to be on a limited view of yourself. Yeah. Or if you see yourself as an expanded, unlimited being that can do anything. Yeah. If you see yourself that way, then you can embody that. <sighs> okay. I gotta end, I will say when I was in the crowd, at the last one, and I saw you up there, I said, oh, next year is my turn. Yeah. Um, and even hearing you and feeling you, like, I've talked about uh, rapping again on this pod. I've definitely been taking steps, but I also feel the dragging that I'm doing and uh, just saying, well, when's this get, you know, I, for me, I feel in a state of, like, extreme focus right. and discipline. Uh, but I also am open to just the fun and flow of just opening myself and having a good time. And Dharma Glow feels like family. So it's yeah. like, if there's anywhere I'm gonna try, it's like. Yeah. And I think that if you're open, we can like go into that a little bit, but you said you're focused, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Does that mean that like making music isn't as high of a priority as other things? At the time it was not um, for stability and for developing the discipline of being focused, of choosing something and saying, I'm gonna get up at 4.30 right. to do this. And, right. I, and I did that. And so for me, it was being a father and getting my business to a place where it could stand um, right. and not be a baby. And I thought that was really important. Yeah, and and so you're an incredible father, Thank by you. the way. I have so much respect for the way you parent your kids. And your kids are like 
uh, shining example of like what the new earth is going to look like. Yep. And that's incredibly inspiring, you know? So thank you for doing that work. And I shout respect out my sons, you. man. That's, they're incredible, incredible. Shout out you. Shout out you. Bro. I receive it. Yeah. Thank you. And um, <laughs> so like that answer was reasonable, you know? Mm -hmm. It made sense. Oh, yeah. But like I just said, like we didn't come here to be reasonable. I'm, I'm, right? So instead of thinking and saying like, okay, this is my priority, which is reasonable. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe no one will push back on because it also sounds responsible and mature. Yeah, It's how can I right. add this into my life? Okay, do I want to get up at 4.30 to do it, right? If that's a no, that's okay, right? But how can I do it? Yes. Like, when I'm telling my, when we're making dinner with my sons and I'm telling them how to cook, can I rap about it? You know? Yeah. First we take the pot out. Then we turn it on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Like, it's like, how can we add it so that it, it becomes a non-negotiable part of your daily experience? And if you're not ready to get to that point, then you got to stop talking about it until you are. Yeah. And, and just like, and just do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just do it. It's like the time is the most valuable resource we have in this realm. So if you're listening, you're watching right now, for everybody, just think of something that has been on your heart and been on your mind to bring out into the world, to give your energy towards, whether it's for just the pure bliss and joy that you know to bring you to pursue it. Uh, it's your mission and a purpose of being here on this earth, something you've always wanted to do, whatever that thing is, hold it in your mind. And then just ask yourself, how can I? How can I do this? How can I begin the steps that it takes and how committed can I be right now? And then just do it. Um, that is the only thing that's worked for me. When I was sick, 250 pounds, you know, almost a decade of just being on seven medications was always something. And when I realized that it was, it was always going to be some holiday that was going to tell me to eat like trash, and then I would do it after that. Uh, okay, after Thanksgiving, uh -huh. then I would, okay, after this birthday, after the wedding, after Easter, after, and you look up and it's nine years have gone by right. of talking about when I'm going to lose weight or when I'm going to get off these meds or when I'm going to write this song or when I'm going to be present for my kids. Just, if you can, find that thing that's beyond reason, just like a step beyond and go for it. 100%. Yeah. And if it's in your heart, which I know it is, and I've heard your music. You played it for me the first time we hang out, and it's dope. Yeah. It's fire. Yeah. So that's the funny thing is like, like you're hella talented, you know? And people can be hella talented and then still, for whatever reason, feel constrained to express and share. And, and that's just an internal thing that we as artists have to work through. I recently started The Artist Way again. Again? Again. I've done it one and a half times already, but I started again. And, and stuff started opening up right away. Yep. You know, just doing the morning pages and writing things out about what was on my mind. And just like releasing it. Releasing it, but in a relationship with myself and on the page. Because when you talk to someone about it, you can just kind of loop. You can just kind of be in that loop of just kind of complaining. Yep. You know? But when, when when you write about it, it's like you're like, okay, well, I wrote about that yesterday. Like I'm I'm not I'm not about to write about it again. You know, period. Like, I'm I'm complete with yep. that now, and now it's time to take action or just move on, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's there's never been an easier time to be a creative, right? Like we have so many tools with us. You can record 
an album on your phone if you really wanted to. If you really want, if, if you, you really, really bought wanted that to, life. get that Garage Band, you know, get whatever. You could really record the whole thing on your phone. So, I was literally thinking today as I was, you know, I was on Arabian Mountain. And I was praying about this, and I heard the clip in my mind of Lil Wayne talking about all these new rappers. And this was years ago. They, oh, I can't do it. I need a beat. Oh, I can't. I need the producer. I need it. He was like, boy, I, I, I give me a paper clip and a mic. <laughs> And it's like, when it's like that, it's like that. You brought up Kobe and I would love for you to share uh, after this, like just, a few, you know, one or two things you learned from him. But it's like, we, we've we seen enough times what it looks like when there's no, there's not going to be an, an excuse. And there are, there are levels to how far we might be able to reach with the, the bandwidth that we have. But I think the pattern looks the same of like, I have decided. Right. This is the way. I decided. Um, Shout out Big Sean. Yeah, man, that's my favorite album with Big Sean. Yeah. I decided. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, if if we can just really quick, if you feel comfortable sharing uh, just one or two lessons that you learned from the late, great Kobe Bryant, his day just passed him and Gigi and all the people we lost. Um, I feel comfortable asking you because of the relationship and not just the fandom that I feel, right. you know. Yeah, so Kobe was... Uh... Uh, someone I knew like directly, um, personally, and he was someone who was a support system when I was going through that time in yep. 2019, because he had experienced something I was experiencing, and he was one of the only person I knew to experience it in that way. So, you know, I was like, oh, like, you know, my life is ruined, or people are gonna perceive me in this way, and like that's not fair, and like blah 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 blah, um, and he was like. Uh, he's like, well, when I was being perceived in a certain way, I just decided I wasn't going out like that. And that was it. <laughs> he, he said, I, I, I'm going out on my own terms. Right. He said, I'm going out on my own terms. And then I decided. And I was like, yep. And that was it. And, and when we would talk, he would say things like straight into the point, you know, or I'd be like, people see me this way. And he'd be like, for now. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> you know, that's that's all he would say. And I'd be like, people see me this way for now. Right. And that's why it's like that what you said at the beginning was such powerful cuz that's how you saw me, right? Yep. So it's just yeah, if you would ask somebody then I I think to your point is like they they would not say the same things or some people wouldn't say the same things and you right. go through the time you well, however it goes, and it's like, okay. And then this point, it's like, this is what it is. Right. And and the other thing is you get to the point where you don't care how people see you. Because. Right. I remember, I've seen a couple of good clips about Kobe, and one was, <laughs> two of my favorite ones. There's so many clips, but they showed a clip of Devin Booker getting doubled in practice. And yep. he's like, he's like, nah, Come man, on, we, we, practice. We, we, it's a practice. we're not doubling in practice. And then they, they cut to Kobe and they say, did you, did you ever get doubled in practice? And he said, yeah. And they said, what, what did you say? He said, send another one. You got better send another one. You better send one. another one. You know? <laughs> um, and that's one of my favorites. And two, the second one um, was, he said that, they said like, you know, now that you're at this point in your career, you're getting to, you're getting a lot of respect from all of your contemporaries, mm -hmm. like, does that make you feel good about, you know, what they're saying? And he was like, I don't really care about or any of them, you know? And if people, if people don't get it, they could like not understand what he's saying. 
He's saying his worth is not determined by anything outside of him. It's just that simple, right? So those are things I learned from, from Kobe and that I feel like are deeply integrated within my being now because I know myself to be an expression of God as everyone else is, right? But I don't know that everyone has claimed that yep. or even feels worthy of that. Like one of the biggest things I feel like I'm here to shift is the idea that you have to earn God's love or that you could lose it, mm. right? So I grew up in this Christian paradigm where there's this concept of hell. You know, people talk about I'm a God-fearing person, right? But fear is the opposite of love. There's no reason to fear God. Fear is in an egoic paradigm and love, grace, compassion, those are all in the heart center paradigm. So all those fear, wrath, that has nothing to do with God. That's just man's interpretation of things. Yep. God is not a being that would give love and then take it away based on something you did. That's, that's the opposite of unconditional love. Unconditional love means there are no conditions for the love. It's just free flowing, right? So that is the true nature of God. So being in a hellish state isn't about being punished. It's just about being out of alignment with your design, right? Mm. So let's say for instance, if I was like, I'm thirsty, I'm gonna drink some gasoline, right? Yeah. Then that would fuck like me hell. up. Yeah. And then I'd be, would I be like, is God, God's punishing me? I'd be like, no, you just drank gasoline, bro. Don't do it. Like that. you're not, you're not supposed to drink gasoline. Yeah. Right. But, and that may seem like an extreme example, but there's like hella products that people eat now with said, petroleum I in it. I said, I'm even just like the soft drinks. It's like once I've detoxed and, uh, I remember a couple of years ago even trying one and I was like, this is acid in my mouth. There's no way around how aggressive <laughs> yeah. this feels yes. in my body. There's nothing about my body that goes, give me this until I tell my body, shut up, take this, you'll like this right. and develop the, the. that's not what my body would, would naturally want on its own. Right. And if I'm consuming that and it's like, oh, I'm in hell. Um, and it's like, well, you, you are- God hates me. I'm in hell. It's like, no, you're doing that. Yeah. You're doing that. And that's- Recognizing that we're creating our reality just means that you understand that every effect, that you are the cause of every effect in your life. Everything that's happening in your life, that's you. Yeah. When you can take responsibility for that, then you have the power to change things and to create the life you want. Until you do that, then you're operating in victim consciousness at some level. Can I tell you the story that helped me with victim consciousness as a young man? Yeah, please. My pastor, Bishop Edward Peacher, uh, in the church I grew up in was one of the first examples besides my father of a man, I, a black man, especially that I thought was wise. And he was telling the story that I felt like was really morbid at the time, but it has stuck with me since probably the age of 11 to mm -hmm. help me. And it's the idea is like, there's this old farmer and his dog, and he has this pretty, pretty expansive farm, but everybody's moved away. All his kids, all the workers, like he's in the twilight years of his life. And so the farm is kind of falling into disrepair. Uh, but every day him and his dog go out and they walk the rounds and the things that he's decided to continue to care for, he does. And one day he comes to a, a, a empty well on the land as all this well is empty. I should fill this up uh, so that nobody falls in and just like make it a, a safety hazard. I should take care of it. And for whatever reason, he doesn't over a week. Like he keeps thinking about it and he doesn't. And he's walking past it one day and his dog, his really old dog, falls into the well. 
And now he's trying to figure out what to do. He tries to rescue the dog, tries to use the bucket, the rope breaks. It looks like there's nothing he can do to get this dog out of the well. Mm -hmm. And so he decides, I'm just going to bury the dog. I'll fill the well and I'll bury the dog. And so he takes the shovel and he starts dumping dirt into the well and he's crying. He's, you know, he's distraught. He's heartbroken. And the dog is looking up at the owner and he's like, oh, he's rescuing me. Mm -hmm. So every time the dirt would fall on him, he would shake it off and he would stand on it. <laughs> and more dirt would come, he would shake it off and he'd stand on it mm -hmm. until the dirt got so high and he just walked on out. Mm -hmm. And I just always thought about that. Like whatever's happening to me, how I perceive it is what's happening. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking and going, oh, I'm being buried, I can be being buried. Right. But if I'm being saved, if I'm being helped, then this same activity, nothing about this has to change yes. except how I'm viewing it. And now I'm about to get out this well and I don't have to panic. I don't have to be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And so many times where I feel like my back is against the wall, uh, the pod they were talking about earlier is like, I feel like I'm in check. I just remember that, like, oh no, this is dirt being dumped on me because I'm about to get out of here. Right. Um, like God loves me mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm about to be buried and it's going to be over. I'm going to die and lose my life. Yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's 100% perspective, right? And can you stay calm and in a state of love? Like, can you emanate love out regardless of the outer circumstance? Yeah. That's what the story of Christ is about, of, of Jesus Christ, that is, right? Because just to go a little bit further in that example is with the distortion of the orthodox perspective is people like to think that they used to tell me, Jesus died for your sins. It did, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't die for my sins because going back to it, like God doesn't need sacrifices. He doesn't, God doesn't need anything, mm. right? So that experience was something Jesus created for himself. He created that experience to learn how to be love in the most fearful circumstance. What did he say when he's on the cross? Forgive them, Father, they don't know for they, they know do. not what they do. He was in a state of compassion compassion yeah. in that experience so his identification with uh, knowing himself as love was stronger than what he was experiencing in his reality and that's why it existed because everything that that is happening here is is an illusion to some degree right like and people say well what does that mean it's an illusion that doesn't mean it's not real right because like a basketball game is real yeah right a basketball game has rules you can't touch the ball with your foot. You can step out of bounds, right? But if you don't know when to set that aside and say, okay, now I can cross this line yep. and I'm not out of bounds. Like yeah. the game is over now. Yep. Yep. That's the same thing with this life. It's like there are rules within this life, but you have to be bigger than the game of this life and know that this game is only about developing certain qualities within your soul. Like that's why we're here in this physical experience. I love this. I think, um, yeah, can you share with the people just how to stay in contact with you, how to support? If you have been educated in any way, inspired in any way by this, how can they um, keep up and continue to support you, the mission of Dharma Glow, uh, the Glow Up, and all those things? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really amazing. Thank you, brother. Doing a great job over there. Yeah. Let's see. The Dharma Glow contact information is like you can connect with us on YouTube. That's Dharma Glow, D H A R M A 
G-L-O-W, also on Instagram, dharmaglow.com. We have a monthly membership community where we bring in different people with different wisdom to come and just like help us expand our consciousness and awareness. That's called Luminous Lifestyle. You can join that. Um, that's a paid membership. We also have a free Soul Glow study group that meets on Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern, and that's just where we share the teachings of Christ, um, not just Jesus, but Christ as the energy, not just Jesus as the expression. And if you want to follow me and be one of those million followers on Spotify, <laughs> you, feel you can me. do that. Dijon Bowden. Um, enjoy loving on myself. Hopefully by the time you watch this, there will be more songs for the, you there to enjoy. And uh, also, you know, what I mentioned is, you know, 1% of the visions I have for impacting the world in a positive way. So if you're interested to learn more, you know, you can email me or message me. Or you can send a million dollars to my cash app, you know, or whatever. It's just like I'm open to receive support in whatever way God wants to send it. Mm, I love that. We're gonna we're gonna check out, but I wanted to make sure to give space for that. I think that what's happening is incredible, as you you say. You know, Landrell's leading the way, um, but there is a way being made. There is a a rising contingent, um, not just in number, but in quality and clarity of voice, mm -hmm. of um, expression, and then the connectivity to be able to support each other as um, we find our way, create our way, build together. There's an ecosystem of learning, mm -hmm. of loving, of healing, of support that I'm really proud to be a part of mm -hmm. and to, to give. And it feels magical to witness. It's like when I think of like when hip hop was starting and it's just like, finding a DJ, finding somebody with a sound system, finding somebody who can scratch, practicing the dances and the, the culture just getting behind it and supporting it. I feel a part of something like that um, where it's just like we're finding each other. It's definitely a new wave happening. For right sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. What we're, what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're choosing to do it, marrying, like letting go of practices that don't serve us, acknowledging when we have held on to old paradigms because it's all we've known and saying this is we're not taking another step like this. Uh, creating and creatively coming up with new ways to work together, to support each other, well, financially, emotionally, spiritually. I, like even if I may, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's been a very intense time. It's been a beautiful time. It's been an absolutely incredible time, but it's also been a very intense time. And there was a time we were working on some stuff and I just was not happy about how I was showing up um, in that specific area. Uh, because I was showing up in other ways, whatever, and I was just tired. And I just said to you, like, man, I'm not okay. And you was just like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And we just, just you just held space for about five minutes. And it just felt so, I just felt so loved to just be able to say that. As, as a black man, I have experienced, um, I, I'm sure that many people have, but the experience that I've had is it doesn't matter how I feel that I'm supposed to just continue to get up and go work and do whatever to provide or take care of all these expectations for all these people outside of me. And however I feel um, is of no consequence to whatever responsibility or expectation is being placed on me. And I have practiced speaking up for myself and say, I don't carry that responsibility. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But then when it's people close to me that I care about, and I said, I will do this for you and cannot show up, I'm working on being able to say, hey, I'm actually not going to be able to do that. 
Uh, but that was the first time I have been able to say to somebody, I feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and what you're witnessing is a man in the overwhelm. And I love myself enough in this moment. I'm trusting you enough in this moment to just acknowledge that. And I have no idea how you're going to respond to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what is going to happen to our relationship because of this. If you're going to see me as weak or strong, I don't care. Uh, it hurts more to hold it in right. than to let it go. And then, But then to be received with such love. And it was short, but it was so impactful um, and really helped me get off of a wave of that was headed towards despair mm -hmm. um, onto a wave of like, oh no, there's love all there's love always right. Love is all around. Yeah, I mean that's a beautiful. It was beautiful vulnerability that you're expressing now and that you expressed then, and I think that's a wonderful thing to model as a man and as a black man that it's okay to acknowledge your emotions, especially if you're overwhelmed by emotions. You don't have to yeah. muscle through it, yeah. you know, or man up, you know, man up can be being vulnerable, yeah. you know, and on my end, it's like how you view these things is all based on your perspective. For sure. So like we had had a disconnect about something we were doing in a business thing and it was taking longer mm -hmm. than I had, than we anticipated. Right. Mm -hmm. So I could have been in the space of like, well, you didn't, you didn't do what you said you, at the time you said you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. But that response creates discomfort in my being, right? Whereas being graceful creates expansion in my being. So being, holding space for you is actually something that feels good to me. Yeah. And that's because we are one, <laughs> you know? So like what feels good to you feels good to me when you're in alignment. Yes. You know? Yeah. We are, we are one. We are one. And with that, we're going to move to check out. I really appreciate this time. I appreciate your words, your insight, um, you sharing your soul. We check out the same way we check in. So we're going to close our eyes. We're going to tap into the breath. And just let whatever has come up in this time for you, just wash over um, the window of your mind for a second. Whatever is jumping out, whether that's you need to start something or stop playing small. In fact, let me not even put any words into your space. You just feel it for yourself for a second. And we're going to breathe in again for five. Hold at the top for five. Breathe out for five. Hold at the bottom for five. And this time I'll snap and use as little words as possible. On the count of three, take a deep breath in. One, two, three. Out. Oh. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out. Hold. Relax your face. Relax your jaw. Breathe in. Stay relaxed. Hold. Breathe out. Breathe it all out. 
hold. Keep holding. Stay relaxed. And breath in. All right, Dijon, when you're ready, what are you checking out with from this conversation? What are you carrying with you from this place? Just a lot of gratitude for the opportunity to live this life, to be a sunbeam from the sun that mm. is God's light, and to do it with people that are also on the same wavelength and are doing their part to share the energy, amplify the energy, build together, do it in a creative way. You know, it's just like our life is lit. Yeah. It's beautiful. And you're invited, you know? So the more of us that come together to build together, the more resources we have, the more minds we have, and it just gets more and more fun. Like we're about to be in the golden ages. I know there's a lot of darkness that exists in the world right now, but it's always darkest before the dawn, right? Period. So it's 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 up. It's up. Come join the party. It's up. Yeah, Kareem checking out. Just feel at peace. I feel in love. Uh, something that kept coming up. We didn't say these words, but I just felt it. Like it feels so good to feel good. Uh, that the things that I do that feel good tend to lead me on a road of experiencing them more, the mm-hmm. expansion. And I just all day I just felt like God saying like this is more and. Baba Ram Das says, you know, uh, he, I heard him say it, he was reading someone else, but it's like, you don't worship the gate, you enter the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm checking out with, is like going all the way into the temple. The gate is lit. And if it's the first time coming up that mountain, you get to the gate, it's like, oh, this is cool. And, and God's like, it's even more. Like, Ashe. keep going. Come on, come on, come on. So with that, I'm checking out. Thank y'all for checking out the We Are The Ones podcast. Make sure you follow my man Dijon and Dharma Glow and everything that they're doing, everything that we are doing uh, together. We'll catch you next week right here, same time, same place. We Are The Ones we're waiting for. We'll see you soon. Peace. We are the ones we've been waiting for Found everything I needed, me no need to look no more The timing was exquisite even when I thought I missed it I was tripping, I was falling, but I never failed I embraced my flaws and imperfections I am grateful for the lessons and the blessings Remember when I was stressing We can do anything we put our minds to, believe that We open to the ops and the feedback Ops mean opportunity, hoping that you see that I'm saying what I mean We brave enough to go after our dreams